you are listening to the Oracle of Light podcast. I am your host, Shauna DeMellon. If you are looking for a way to experience and connect with your child as they grow up in heaven, I invite you to visit my website at livealifeyoulove.org and have a look at my new program, Growing Up in Heaven. It is seven proven steps that will take you from grief to relief as you learn to make that connection with your child as they grow up in heaven. In today's episode, we are going to explore the different ways to find a peaceful heart after loss. I know firsthand what it feels like to lose a child. And I know firsthand what that that debilitating heartbreak and heartache feels like and how it just, it's like it, it just almost becomes suffocating. It's like it just, it takes on a life of its own and it impacts every aspect of your world. And when you experience a deep loss, your heart remembers how things used to be and, and doesn't easily give way to the changes that it must accept. And I've said this thousands of times over the years that the only way that we can truly heal after such, such an incredible loss is by going through it. There's no way to think it through. There's no way to journal about it and talk about it and just be done with it. It just, you literally have to roll up your sleeves and, and get in the trenches with it. The good, the bad, the ugly and learn to navigate that loss. The heart doesn't have a timeline. The heart needs to experience the loss and it needs to grieve in its own way, in its own timeline. And it's so important that you honor where you are on your grieving spectrum. You know, my son Jack would have been eight, almost nine this year. And there are still brief moments where my heart will just sort of catch. You know, I might see a, a little boy that would be his age. I might hear someone say Jack and, you know, I'll hear a mother call out Jack and I just, I'll, sometimes it, it's still, there's still a little ping there in my heart. But what I've learned over the years is that by moving through my grief, by giving it the dignity that it required, giving myself the time and the grace and the love and the forgiveness that I needed, allowed me to move through that grief and in doing so I allowed the grief to change me. It changed how I see the world. It changed my capacity for love. It changed it changed how I saw myself. It really started to help me to focus on what's working in my life as opposed to what isn't. I was just talking about this earlier with a girlfriend that we tend to focus on what isn't working. We tend to give our attention and our energy to things that are not lighting us up, things that we are not excited about. And what if we started to change that narrative? What if we started to really focus on what's, what's working in our lives as opposed to, oh, geez, another bill just came in instead. Okay, great, wonderful. This bank has trusted me enough to give me a visa. Awesome, all right. 
what are some possibilities where's the where where can we ensure that the money is there without feeling struggle without feeling um, any kind of lack what does that look like and so I invite people to stay curious again as opposed to thinking things like you know it's not getting better and I feel horrible and I feel tired we must be very 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 cognizant of the thoughts that we're putting out into the world because the thoughts that we are thinking and predominantly broadcasting out into the universe knowingly or unknowingly that is creating our reality so if we are currently experiencing something that we are not loving that we are not lit up about if we're choosing suffering as an example only we have the power to change that you know, I, I often say, if you've if you've, you've listened to other episodes, I, I'm often talking about staying in question. And by staying in question, we are inviting universal energies to come in and play with us, to help us, to guide us. I always say to my my angels every morning, I'll say, angels, bring me the means, the money, the time, the resources, the people, everything I need to live a phenomenal life. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Give me a different perspective. How much fun can I have today? Um, you know, by staying in question, you know, by asking how much fun can I have today? Before I interact with anyone, you know, full, you know, for client days, how much fun can, can I have with my clients today? How many joyful, heartfelt moments can I experience today? What else is possible in my life today? What else is possible in my world today? What else is possible with my healing today? Angels, give me a different perspective. Angels, please help. Angels, there's just something not right. I'm not able to shift this. I feel like I'm continually suffering. There has to be a better way. Please show me what that is. Give me a different perspective. Show me what I can do, what steps I can take. Show me. And then be open and available and not get frustrated. When we get frustrated, that's when we're, we're blocking the guidance and the awareness. Like your angels may move a new person into your world that just lights you up. They, you know, you may wake up and think, oh, I need to Google this uh, idea. And you find a book that feels like it's written just for you. You may wake up and think, oh my gosh, there's a different podcast I need to listen to. What is that podcast? Oh my gosh, there's there's a class I want to take. Oh my gosh. You know, and, and just be open to that. You may have a friend that says, hey, I'm taking this class. What do you think? And it just, it's right up your alley. You may be out in random places. This happens to me all the time. I'm out in random places. I'm getting groceries. I'm running errands. And I just bump into wonderful, fabulous kindred spirits. I ask the angels, angels, fill my life with people that light me up, fill my life with people that bring me joy, and I bring them joy. Every time I go to the gym, before I go, I set the intention, how much fun can I have at the gym? So that now when I go, I visit with people. I'm getting my workout in, absolutely, but I'm also visiting and making those connections. I found that that was so, so important after losing Jack was to have those connections and to meet people and to be open and available to really finding peace in my heart again. You know, after you have a loss, when you lose a child, everything looks different. Everything feels wrong. Just, just nothing, it's like everything is like in shades of gray. But somehow your heart continues, somehow, somehow your heart goes on. And your heart, I know mine did, it felt like it was broken, it felt like I, it would never be whole again. 
it felt like it just had a, a, a break right down the middle. It felt like it was shattered into pieces and that nothing would ever change that. Nothing would ever make it better. Nothing would bring it back and make it whole again. And sometimes when we're looking for peace in our world, it, it again, and this isn't to sound harsh or judgmental, but suffering is a choice. We wake up every day, we're all, everyone is given a new fresh day and we get to decide, we get to choose what we'd like to focus on. Our mind can't differentiate between what is real and what isn't. And so once you start to learn to harness the power of your mind, your intention, your thoughts, you invoke spiritual energy in and you don't have to have a specific belief or background around that i mean i grew up catholic i don't follow the catholic religion any longer i am spiritually based i believe we all have our own our own belief system our own connection to source to energy to heaven to our loved ones angels whatever that looks like for you so every day i wake up and i think how much fun can i have today it's the only thing i think I don't think, how much can I get done? How much money can I make? How much this, how much, no. Just how much fun can I have today? And in invoking that into my world, angels, bring me more fun today. Angels, I wanna laugh so hard that I cry today. Uh, there, there was one day I asked that. I hadn't asked it for a while. I realized that I hadn't, I hadn't had one of those cries where you're, you're choking, you're laughing, you're just, you're, you're crying, you're just like a blubbering idiot because it's so ridiculous. I didn't, I, I couldn't remember the last time I'd had one. It had been months, and I said, okay, bring it. I need something so bloody funny today, and I, I found this. It was like I went down this rabbit hole, and I found this Facebook page there was all these funny animal memes like it was ridiculous stuff like just totally ridiculous and I must have I sat there laughing for like an hour I was crying my sides hurt I was blowing my nose <laughs> it was so ridiculous but it was so much fun and so again what kind of how much fun can you bring into your world I often tell people that when, when we're healing when we're moving through grief that we will have moments of deep grief, we will have pockets of grief, waves of grief. Sometimes it feels like a tsunami of grief. And then we'll have little sprinklings of joy, sprinklings of simple pleasures, sprinklings of beautiful, beautiful moments. And sometimes peace may show up in fleeting moments of, of sweet serenity, when you smile at something beautiful, when you have a bittersweet memory, when you are able to enjoy the sun on your face, you hear beautiful birds singing, you have the perfect latte, your girlfriend calls at just the right time, you see something funny, you are held in a beautiful warm embrace. These, these moments are, are signposts for something that's more endearing, something that's more, more uplifting, something that is going to reveal to you what is already there. We just may not have been looking at it or looking for it. And it, it can be joy, it can be gratitude, it can be tranquility, it can be love. And I promise you, they're all still there. Even if you have lost a child, you've lost a loved one, they're still there. It's that our, our grief will cloud over things. And when we're choosing suffering, we are literally plugging into an energy that is just draining us. And it's, this is not to minimize anyone's loss whatsoever. And this does take time. I'm 
eight, nine years into my loss of my son, you know, those first few years were horrible. Those first few years literally knocked the wind out of me. They literally brought me to my knees. I just, I felt like I was a shell of a person, so desperate to connect with him and experience him and know that he was okay. And all the while trying to rebuild my life, trying to rebuild that foundation moving forward without him here in the physical with me. These beautiful gifts will start to show up more and more in your world. And when they do, I invite you to just experience gratitude with them. Just acknowledge them. I remember I was sharing this the other day. Um, I remember I used to go for a walk every day near the Bow River here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We live along this beautiful river that interwines throughout the city. And I used to go to Bonas Park and I would walk and walk and I would cry and sometimes I would yell and sometimes I would sit on a bench and get angry and I just, I was angry at myself. I was angry at God. I was angry at my spouse at the time. I was angry at me. I just, and as I know, underneath anger is, is deep pain and sadness. And I went every day, you know, no matter how cold it was, no matter, you know, if it was rainy, windy, I went every day for a walk. And one day I went and I had my latte and I sat on the bench and I just started to look around me and notice all the beauty. Beautiful sunrise, birds, lovely people walking by saying good morning. The air was crisp. Um, the leaves were in full bloom. The river was peaceful and calm. My latte was perfect. And in that moment, I realized I hadn't cried that day. In that moment, I realized I had actually put mascara on that morning. In that moment, I realized that I could do this. I realized that my heart was mending. I realized that it was getting better. And it doesn't happen all at once. It's a journey. And for each and every one of us, it's an individual process. It's an individual journey. And again, suffering is a choice. I made a list of 20, 25 things that I used to love to do before I lost Jack. And then I started to look at that list every day and I thought, okay, is there something on this list I can do today? What can I do on this list? Get a latte, have some chocolate, go for a walk, get a massage, read a book, make a nice tea, sit by the fire, you know, sing, dance, get a pedicure, have a bath, you know, call my girlfriend, go look for books, go shopping, um, you know, just have be around that one person that gives the best bear hugs ever reach out to people you know set up more coffee dates um you know just show up differently you know i just i remember i had that list and eventually i didn't need that list anymore eventually it just sort of faded away and it was just became my life it was every day it was like okay what can i do today that's fun what can i do today that will bring me joy you will you run the risk of being outraged at the loss until you surrender to your ability and in choosing to see things differently. And it's from this space that, that you can find your chance to heal. And again, it's when you surrender to somehow some way accepting what you cannot change that's really what acceptance is 
Do I like it that Jack isn't here in the physical? Oh God, no. Would I, would I trade anything to have him here? Yes, absolutely, in a heartbeat. But true peace, aligning with that peace and finding that peace in your heart really does come from the acceptance, accepting what you can't change. And in healing, you come to accept that things have permanently changed, but you know what is possible, that it's possible to peacefully coexist with life's givens. And those givens include losing a loved one, losing a child. And when you make peace with loss, your suffering lessens considerably. Again, we don't like it. We're not accepting it. It's just, it's just really making peace with it. And again, it's accepting that things have permanently changed. There's nothing that you can do to change it, to make the outcome different. No matter how many times you replay it, no matter how guilty you feel, how horrible you feel, no matter no matter how many different scenarios you play in your mind, if I did this, if I did that, if I did this, if I did that, if I'd only done that, and why didn't I think of this? No, no, that's just a train to more suffering. So instead, you start to look for ways. I, I started to ask, you know, how can I find peace in my heart? And pretty soon it started to start to show up in my world in different ways. Some, sometimes when you make peace with loss, again, you're, you're learning a new way of living and your suffering will lessen considerably because you're making different choices and your gratitude for your life starts to expand. I highly recommend a gratitude practice because gratitude will raise your vibration and will tell the universe, I'm so grateful for these experiences, thank you. Please bring me more. And the universe will bring you more things and more things and more things. And when you look for the beauty in life, you will find it, I promise. I promise. And there are still, like I said, there's still moments where I'm having a beautiful day and some little thing will happen and it will trigger me and I feel like I'm snapped back. And it's like, okay, what can I do from this space? I'm not choosing to suffer. I do not like that he isn't here. I will never be able to be happy that that has occurred. For now, I choose to have peace in my heart. I choose to accept that it's permanent. There's nothing I can do to change that. And once your heart begins to understand that, that's when the true healing begins. And there are so many early reactions to loss. And you'll know that you have yet to make peace with your loss when you find annoyance with little things. You're not sure why you're so irritated, but just everything irritates you. You may start recovery and, and it's just, it's so painful, it's so slow, and you're just, you're hating every moment of it. You may really struggle to accept what cannot be changed. Sometimes you may even take things too personally. And you just, you know, okay, what the heck just happened? It's like, it's like I would do this and go, wow, why am I taking that so personally? It has nothing to do with me. Why am I sitting here with tears in my eyes? It's crazy. You may recall painful childhood memories that come up. You may um, start to pose 
unanswerable questions about senseless tragic situations you may we start to ruminate it's like we get on this hamster wheel well, why did that happen it was so terrible it was so horrible and then our mind starts looking for other things to match that again whatever we're broadcasting energetically through our thoughts and our energy out into the world it's like a magnet it'll just keep drawing more to us we'll we'll magnetize people into our world that are very critical and they want to complain about stuff and they want to find the problems all the time and it's like no i want to celebrate life i want to talk about happy positive things this isn't to say that you can't share your grief that you can't share your struggles it's just more of an invitation to make room for beautiful things in your world while while you're grieving, while you're healing, while you're working through everything. And sometimes I know I did this. I saw myself as a victim and that life was unfair. It was so unfair that things happened the way they did with Jack. It's so unfair that he's not here. It's so unfair. How could God do this? I wanted to blame as well. So these were all ways that I knew that I had yet to make peace with my loss. And again, making peace with your loss doesn't mean that you will ever forget that child or anyone that you've lost. Making peace is giving yourself the grace and the time that you need and the forgiveness and whatever you need to let go of, to fully embrace the idea that they are, they are still with you, they're just not in their physical body. And yes, I'm a medium, I see things much differently than the vast majority of the planet, but I know in my heart that love continues, that life does continue on the other side. I am living proof of that connection, making the connection with my son, Jack. I see him every day. He visits me in my dreams. Uh, for those of you who are new to me, my sign for my son or heart rocks. I find them everywhere. I see hearts everywhere. I just, it's, I feel very blessed to have made that connection with him because I know my soul my soul just just absolutely lights up with that connection. And that's what I wish for each and every one of you. Whether you work through the medium, you work through a counselor, you have a meditation practice, whatever that looks like for you, you can read books, you can take classes, that you find a mentor, but you can experience your loved ones from the other side, plain and simple. And now a lot of people ask me, you know, what is a peaceful heart? So to make peace with loss, you must cultivate peace within your heart. This is challenging when your heart is broken. Like I said, mine felt like it had been shattered into a million pieces, but it is achievable. It is doable because we're built to experience peace. Our divine birthright is joy. When we're born, we're born with a clean slate. We're born to experience joy and happiness and love and kindness, all of those beautiful things. And over time, depending on who we're around and what the experiences are, what the messages we hear, we can start to pick up things that are not in alignment with that. We can start to believe things that are not in alignment with that. And to experience peace, people often think, oh, well, you must be taking drugs. Um, you must be simple. You, there must be something wrong with you if you're, you're choosing peace. You know, instead of, I find a lot of people want to continue to talk about the pain. They want to continue. I had this friend once, um, I asked the universe to bring me someone who was rooting for my success, 
who I could count on, a kindred spirit that I could love and they would love me just as fiercely. And I had beautiful, beautiful women move into my world. And the one friendship that I had that shifted away in time and always with gratitude, you know, I was, I was grateful for the experience with that person up until that time. It just wasn't in alignment anymore. It just wasn't fun anymore. Um, it's like every time we would talk, she would, she just wanted to talk about, you know, oh, well, well, when you lost your son, remember, it felt like this. And she just kept wanting to dredge up the past. And I just finally said to her, I'm not that person anymore. I don't want to continue to talk about this. It's a part of my story. It's a part of my heart. He is always with me. But it isn't something that I want to talk about all the time. And so after a couple, you know, the last couple of times that we saw each other, uh, the conversations were a little bit difficult. And I found that we didn't have anything else to talk about. It just, it, it became a pain point. It was just, oh, well, I'm, pain, I'm hurtful about this and this happened. And it just became a dumping ground for negativity. And it's very easy for us to jump into that when we're not having a good day. And sometimes it's really difficult after, especially after we've had a loss. It's very difficult to find the peace and the joy. But it's there, I promise you. When you look for joy, you look for happiness. Universe, angels, show me beauty today. Show me so many beautiful things. Light up my world with beauty and wonderful people. Thank you. Bring it. And then when things show up, Thank you. More, please. Thank you. More, please. That sunrise was so beautiful. Thank you. More, please. Just really starting to appreciate. And I find that on the way to finding a peaceful heart after a loss is really about inviting the, sim the simple things back into your life. It's really about the simple joys. It really is. A peaceful heart seeks simplicity where life isn't driven by do to-do lists and do this and drive and go, 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 go and accumulate and get and, and accomplish and, and, you know, all of those sorts of energies. And it's not driven by deprivation. It's not driven by lack and, and worry and, um, you know, less than thinking. A peaceful heart lets go of anxieties and any false beliefs that we cling to as life preservers that are actually life they're actually fear preservers so oftentimes we hang on to false beliefs and anxieties as a way of of getting through the day but when we really start to examine our thoughts and our feelings and our beliefs and every now and again my subconscious mind will pop i'll, I'll say something that sounds absolutely ridiculous but it's almost like it's like a seed that's just been spit out and it's like, wow, I don't want that to germinate. So I just destroy and uncreate it. Just clear it, get, get rid of whatever that is. Cancel, clear, delete, whatever words you want to use. And just really start to really start to look at, okay, are these thoughts helping me to build the life that I love? Or are they taking away from the life that I would love? Another way to a peaceful heart is knowing that things will, that to let go will cost us very, very little that peace is incompatible with a need to hang on to things so tightly. So when you're hanging on to something so tightly, I invite you to look at that. What is that? Is it a fear that you can't handle it? Is it a worry that you won't find anything better? What is that? So hanging on and clinging to something 
is not peaceful, it's not flow, it's not letting things just be and just letting things be organic. And this is different than having intentions. When we wake up in the morning, we intend to have a great day. That's different than hanging on to things and have to make it happen. It's, it's like a push energy. Whereas peace, it's already within you. It's just really allowing it to flow, allowing it to be what it needs to be, allowing it to help you. And to find a peaceful heart, it makes peace with uncertainty. It knows that it doesn't have all the answers. It knows that there is inexplicable loss. It knows that sometimes there isn't any reasoning to what's happened. There isn't, there isn't a, a, a one cure-all solution. Healing is messy. When you lose a child, your entire world is, is shaken. And you're not only grieving the loss of that child, whatever that looked like for you, maybe it was an ectopic pregnancy, a miscarriage, a stillborn birth, your child may have been, you know, 5, 10, 15, 30. It doesn't matter when your loss occurred. It could be recent. It could be 10 years ago. It could be longer. But you grieve the place that that child held in your life. You grieve dreams and life goals and milestones and you grieve watching that child grow up. You grieve all of it. And a peaceful heart knows that it needs the time required to heal and there isn't a set timeline and isn't, okay, I'm going to give myself three weeks to grieve and then I'll be over it. No. A peaceful heart knows that in time it gets easier, in time it gets better, and that as you work through things and allow things to come up, anything that is preventing you from finding a peaceful heart, as you allow those things to come to the surface to be cleared, you make more room for joy and, and beauty in your life. Now there are four keys to your peaceful heart. And you can see where you are on this spectrum. The first one is acceptance. This is moving from resistance to acceptance. And that is emotionally accepting your reality. You can start to change what you're capable of changing. And then you can, you can let go of what you can't change. Suffering comes when we resist life's givens. Sometimes we don't have the answers as to why something happens. And we can choose to be frustrated by that, which will exasperate our suffering. Or we can just start to really accept that I can't change this. I don't like it. I don't know how, but I'm going to get through this. And I'm going to figure this out. Like Marie Forleo, it's my favorite saying, everything is figureoutable. It is, even deep grief and loss. Suffering comes when we resist life's givens. And acceptance is not approval, but instead it's saying yes to what is, what can't be changed. So the first, the first key to finding a peaceful heart is acceptance. Accepting where you're at right now. If you are just struggling to get through the day, accepting that that's just where you are right now. And be open to the possibility that things can get better. That things can get better. I lived in sweatpants for a year or two. 
I would drop my daughter off at school and come home and I would just sit there and cry. And just slowly looking for ways to rebuild my life, slowly looking for ways to add joy into my life until I could come to terms with accepting that he wasn't coming back, that he isn't here in a physical body. The second way that we can find a peaceful heart is through inspiration. And, and this, this allows you to begin to connect with your spirit and in doing so, begin to tap into the mystical wisdom that is within your heart. You begin to see that there's more to life. And by allowing this energy to flow to you, it will greatly, greatly assist your healing. Inspiration invites you to look for and welcome moments of mystical, magical energy and growth. I would ask my angels, you can ask, Whatever, whatever lingo works for you, universe, God, angels, my loved ones, um, spirit guides, my masters, my ancestors, whatever words work for you, bring me more inspiration. What is it that lights me up? And keep asking because the more you ask, every question that we ask out into the universe is always answered. Always. Always. There's always an answer. We may not like the answer. We may not think it's a complete answer, but there is always an answer. So ask, what, what inspires me? What lifts me up? What used to inspire me if you don't have anything in the present time? And then work with that. How can I, how can I live an inspired life? Because your soul is inspiring. Your soul is connected to all that is. And when we connect with our soul, we're connecting into everything. And suffering and choosing any stories or suffering, limitations, beliefs, anything that's taking us out of alignment with our soul is what keeps us in misery, keeps us in the deep throes of what isn't working in our life anymore. The third way to find a peaceful heart is by releasing. And by releasing, you begin to find hope for a positive future. Even if you can't see it, even if you have no idea what that's going to look like, that will begin to foster inner peace. And this is the opposite of despair. When you are in despair, you're, you're hanging on to something. By, by learning to release doubt and fear, you begin to peacefully coexist with uncertainty and you stop trying to control all the outcomes. And from this space, this is when you can begin to trust. Begin to trust yourself. Begin to trust the universe. Begin to trust and know that everything is working out for you. Begin to trust that God has a plan for your life. And if you don't, if God doesn't resonate, the universe, God, Buddha, Allah, angels, your soul, your spirit, your soul has a plan for your life. And your loss isn't, isn't all-encompassing. Your loss doesn't need to define you. Your loss is a part of your story. It's this interwoven mosaic of everything that makes you, you. And then fourth, a fourth way that we start to find a peaceful heart is through compassion. And this comes from the energy of generosity, kindness, and forgiveness towards yourself and others. 
Compassion is the opposite of emptiness. Compassion allows you to move away from yourself and towards others in acts of service. And this provides you with a different perspective, showing you how your life is connected to the lives of others. And that in giving, you will receive. This is the energy of love. And no matter where you are on the spectrum, if you're listening to this and you think, Ugh, I can't connect into any of that right now, that's okay. That's totally okay. Just honor where you are in the process. And, and an invitation for you is for the next 90 days, I invite you to pick one area of your life that brings your heart peace and start to cultivate more of that in your world. Is it when you do yoga? Is it when you read? Is it when is it part of your career? Is it when you're with your children, your family, your friends, when when you travel to the mountains, when you're on a beach, when you're at the ocean? Is it when you're helping other people? I invite you to find one area of your life. Is it when you're creating, when you're painting, when you're singing, when you're baking or cooking or tending to your home, taking care of your family? I invite you to find one area of your life that brings your heart a little bit of peace. And I want you to zero in on that for the next 90 days and find ways to enhance that, make it stronger, make it more vibrant, light it up any way that you can every day. Is it a vision board? Is it the idea that you want to take a trip? Anytime I want to take a trip, I slap up a picture of sea turtles. <laughs> Anyone who comes over is like, oh, you're going on a trip. Sea turtles are everywhere. Yes, it is because that brings me joy. That's, that lights my heart up. That brings my heart peace. Anytime I see a sea turtle, it just it warms my heart. So I invite you to find one thing two or three things at the most that warm your heart and focus on those things every day as often as you can. First thing in the morning is the most powerful because we're fresh and our, our logical mind is still not kicked in with all of our stuff getting in the way. And at night before we go to sleep, the last thoughts that we have marinate in our subconscious mind for up to four hours. So that's why going to, before you go to sleep, it's a fabulous time to do a meditation, do your incantations, affirmations, look at your vision board, connect into your gratitude, connect into your heart space. And in finding a peaceful heart after loss brings you ideas, insights, hope, that will open you up to a new way of seeing the world, a new way of being in the world, both the visible world and the invisible world. And as you navigate your loss, you allow yourself to become a new version of you. You're learning to build a new foundation, a more resilient, powerful, and loving you. It's an invitation to connect into the most authentic version of you, of who you are. Your loss doesn't weaken you. Your loss is an invitation for you to share with the world more of who you really are. As you regain your equilibrium, it's like you are, as you move through a loss, the loss of a child in particular, you, you have to recalibrate. 
You have to recalibrate your heart, your energy, your thinking, your thoughts, the way you see the world, what, what shows up as beautiful for you. It is a practice and I promise you that as you make the commitment to working through everything that comes up as it comes up, that things begin to get better. What you focus on will grow. Energy goes where attention flows. And whatever you are predominantly thinking and focusing on, you will create more of in your world. And it may sound nary-fairy. I know it did to me. I thought, yeah, right. I'm just going to start thinking happy thoughts and I'll feel better. You actually do. You think one th happy thought. How many, however many happy thoughts you need to think. Tony Robbins talks about getting in state. This is similar. It's what am I thinking? What are my predominant thoughts? If I'm not feeling happy and joy, there's something not quite right. There's something not quite in alignment with who I really am. And again, you can learn to move through your grief and your loss and have and experience moments of joy and happiness and, and great pleasure and, and warmth and love in your life, all while giving yourself time to heal. I call it your grief garden giving yourself time to heal, whatever that looks like, however, however long that takes. I send each and every one of you mountains of love and I, I thank you for listening and I so love your messages. I so love to hear that the information and the tools and the techniques and the energy and the love is landing in your heart and, and helping you to create a phenomenal life as you learn to live with your loss. And if you would like to learn how to connect with your child on the other side, if this is something that resonates with you, you'd like to have, have an at-home opportunity to work through information at your leisure, I welcome you to check out my website at livealifeyoulove.org and learn all about growing up in heaven. Seven steps that will take you from grief to relief as you learn to make the connection with your child on the other side. I send you mountains of love. Until next time, bye for now.